Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. 26 years, hey? How cool is that? I love that. I said that in the prayer before this, that this right here, we're seeing the faithfulness of a lot of people. And um, from this point on, from today, this is ours. And we are stepping into the new, hey? Is that good? Is that good? If you don't know me, my name is Caleb. Um, I'm part of the team here at Highway and just love serving our church. I'm stoked today. i got my wife, Georgia, down here, my little girl, Holiday, making all the noise, as you've probably heard. So good. And I just want to honour mum and dad. If you don't know, David and Claire are my parents. But Pastor David and Claire, I just, I love them so much. And I've been able to be pastored by them for the last nearly 30 years. Um, I'm not going to make you cry. Sometimes it's harsh pastoring, you know, and um, sometimes it's the big love of the mum, big kiss, and, um, you know, please know that you are led by really faithful people, people that, um, and I know this, all right, they don't just talk it, they live it, and they live it in every area of their life, and um, if there's people to follow, I think they're great people to follow, and I follow them, and um, yeah, let's honour them. Okay. Awesome. Are we good? Are you ready? Okay. My message for today, the art of fishing. Who loves fishing? Wow. A couple of you. Okay. I've just started getting into fishing. All right. I used to get, I used to, my papa, my mother's father was fanatic. Okay. We grew up fishing a little bit, then I stopped and then starting to get into it a little bit. Okay. But I'm going to read to you out of the book of John this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, open them up if you're taking notes. Um, This message this morning hopefully is going to encourage you. It's very practical. Um, I feel like 26 years is great. We're celebrating. Thank you, God, for what you've done. But let's go. Let's see what else is coming. And this is for a message today that hopefully you're going to be able to take into your Monday and through the next few years of you growing your capacity and your leadership. So I'm going to read from John chapter 21 from 1 to 11. And if you know this story, it's when the disciples go fishing on the Sea of Galilee. And this is just after when Jesus has been on the cross and Jesus comes to them at the sea. So I'll read it from here. Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, which we know are James and John, and two other disciples were together. Now the Bible actually says who those two were. But they say, I'm going out fishing, Simon said. Now, please know, he is a fisherman. If we know the story, Jesus met him at the sea. He grew up on the water, okay? He was a master fisherman. And he told them he was going fishing. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got to the boat. But that night they fished and they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. And he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered, he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So when they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. Then the disciples whom Jesus loved, okay, the disciple who Jesus loved said to Peter, it 
is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of the fish, for they were not far from the shore. About a hundred yards, it says. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it, and they had some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish. Now the Bible even gives us a number, 153 fish. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Okay, gives us some context. My question to you this morning is this. Should we be completely dependent on God? Yeah, we've all got different answers to that. If we have everything, do we need God? If we have nothing, do we need God? When we think about it, you might say, well, Caleb, God grows us and builds us to take capacity and to, to lead and to be successful in these things. But it doesn't matter where we go in our life, from the good to the bad, we need God, right? Is that right, church? It doesn't matter in any season, any up, any down, that God is working through us. If we have everything, we need God. If we have nothing, we need God. We can spend all of our time trying to do something. I don't know about you, but I've done this so many times in my life where I'm trying to use my own strength. I'm trying to achieve something, to get something. I'm trying to do something all on my own where all I needed to do was to turn to Jesus. Now this applies to every area, not just in the areas we think are spiritual, okay? So from financial decisions, through work decisions, through even small choices in our life, we need to bring God, Jesus, in our thoughts and in our pattern or when we make decisions. We need God. We need God. And there are two miracles in this passage that I want to highlight to us. And we see the first miracle, right? The first miracle, as we understand it, is the fish. Now, they kept the fish, and it says in verse 5 to 6, he called out to them, Jesus, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. And he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. Now, this miracle was quite large, okay? We know. They fished all night. They didn't have anything. Now, a person they did not understand who that person was on the edge on the shore says to them, just throw it on the other side. <laughs> just pull the net. Just, why don't you just pull the nets up and throw them on the other side of the boat? <laughs> that makes me laugh, right? You know why this makes me laugh. Some key notes we need to be aware of here. At least three of the disciples grew up on the Sea of Galilee, okay? So the sons of Zebedee, as we know, James and John, they grew up on the water. If anyone if knows anyone here who's really good at fishing, right? When they grow up in the water, they know the right spots to go. They know the tides. They know when the fish are in season, what type of fish. And then they know what type of bait to use for that type of fish. They said that they grew up in the water. And Zebedee, the parents of the dad of James and John, he was a fisherman as well. So he's passed down generations of fishing knowledge through them, right? These people knew how to fish, right? They were fishermen. They were professional fishermen. They fish all night, 
<laughs> and then some person on the beach <laughs> says to them, just pull your net up and just throw it the other side. Now, they did not know it was Jesus. <laughs> I don't know about you. I'm just starting to learn how to fish, right? I will go to the beach and I'll try and fish. Now, if I use the wrong bait, I won't catch anything, right? If I use the wrong sinker, it's not going to go fast and the waves are going to push it straight in. It's not going to catch anything. I might go to a place where I need to be going at high tide and it's low tide and I get snagged and caught. There's a lot of things I need to know as a novice fisherman to actually even come home with the smallest brim, right? To come with the smallest fish, I need to know quite a lot of information to catch the smallest fish. These people knew how to catch fish. I can imagine to the disciples, you would have been frustrated. I went out, went out fishing with one of the guys from our Ormo location. We left it. Now, this guy's like, he loves fishing, lives for it, right? He picked me up at my place at 12, oh, no, 11.30 at night, right? 11.30 at night. I was working the next day because the fish were biting at that time. We didn't get home till 3 a.m., right? He knew why. Now, we caught a couple of fish, but we barely caught anything, okay? Now, they say it's all about the journey, but I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm coming home with a, an esky full of fish to my wife, who's been at home with my brand new baby and another child to go, look, my time was worth it. And I came home with one fish, one fish, and I didn't even, couldn't even bother even eating it, so I just threw it out, right? <laughs> they would have been frustrated fishing all night. Then some random stranger on the beach shouted, have you tried throwing it on the other side? They would have been like, can you believe this guy? Does he not know I've been fishing all night? And he thinks just pulling the net from this side of the boat to that side of the boat, I'm going to haul a net full of fish. And as we know in the passage, when they did, they were unable to haul in the net from the large amount of fish. See, this was 100% a miracle, right? This was, they fished all night. These men knew how to fish. This was 100% a miracle. And my first point to you is this. Our obedience triggers the miraculous. Our obedience triggers the miraculous. We can hear the word, but if we do nothing, we can miss the miracle. The disciples could have chosen not to listen to Jesus, and they had a reason to. But if they didn't throw the net, they would have missed the miracle. They would have missed the opportunity for God to do a miracle through them. You know, even if you've been a Christian for 80 years or one week, even if you've studied theology or if you just started reading the Bible for the first time, even if you have all the experience and knowledge in the world, this still rings true. Obedience and putting it into practice is what triggers God's miraculous work in us. We need to be obedient to God. It's not us who perform the miracle, church. It's God who performs the miracle through us. But He uses us. He doesn't just go and perform the miracle without. No, He uses us to take the step to be obedient to his word, to listen to his voice. You know, sometimes we can look for the strategic way of doing things. I've become like that over the years. I look for strategy, for system, for the right way of doing things. I'm putting the work, the due diligence in for work to try and make things work out. I'm thinking of the system, the strategic way, which is important and necessary, by the way. But sometimes we just need to stop and say, what are you saying, Jesus? 
What are you trying to show me through this? How should I step in this season? Even though this might seem like the best way of doing things, is this the way you want me to? Obedience to God will always unlock more than our human strategy, church. If we are obedient to God's word and what he is saying to us, we will always unlock more than we could ourselves. Always. That's not even just sometimes. That is a definite. We will always unlock more. We need to teach our people, right? It's not the strategic ways, but sometimes we need to stop and hear God's way. Hear God and obey. We hear God's word and we obey. We know countless stories in God's word of people who hear God's word and take the wrong way, who take the wrong way, take the way they thought was right, right? And they can miss the miracle God had for their life if they didn't obey him. The second miracle we see there. Now this one is easy to miss, but it's in there. Verse 11 says this, listen to this. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. The net what was not torn. There's a reason that was in there. See, church, we can easily celebrate the big miracles of God. We can see the big miracles of God and we love them. I love seeing people healed. I love seeing salvation in the house. I love seeing buildings like this come into our hands because God works through us, the big miracles of God. But know this, we need to, no, we must remember the small little miracles of God that happen every single day. Small miracles, Romans eleven thirty six. For from him and through him, for him all things, to him be the glory to God, Amen. It is the compounding effect of the everyday miracles that lead us to the place to experience the large miracles God has for us. You're here today. You're breathing. You made it through that hard, stressful thing you had to deal with last week. You paid your bills this week. You have a job this week. You are healthy in this place. There are miracles that happen every single day that sometimes we miss because we got to remember it's God in and through all things, not some things. It's every day. God is working His miraculous every single day. You know, church, sometimes we try and separate the two, that there's a spiritual and there's a physical. Now, God created everything. God is through everything. God is spirit. He is man. God, he is God in three. We understand that God is God and He is through everything. That means that every decision, every step, every choice you make is spiritual, is godly. Because if we have Jesus in us, he is working through us in every single thing we do. The small miracles compound. You know, I do think it's easy for us to get <laughs> detached, to get overwhelmed. God, why have you not answered my prayer for this thing? Why, God, I want that miracle in my life. Yet there is hundreds, if not thousands of miracles that are getting you to that place. That we need to be reminded that, God, today I wake up, I give you glory. I love you. I'm here today. I'm healthy. 
Number two in that point. You know, the second miracle was small, but it is so important. Number two, our capacity determines the extent of the miracle. Our capacity determines the extent of the miracle. God loves the vessel too much. He loves you. He loves me. He loves us too much. (laughs) He will only give you what you can handle. He loves you too much. God does not want the wineskin to break. We see that in the book of Matthew chapter 9. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and they are both preserved. Church, build the net for the future. Stretch your capacity now. The miracle could be wasted if the net wasn't strong enough to carry the miracle. Church, we must be stretching our capacity now for our dreams, for our future. The miracle that you have in your life, maybe you need to look, okay, God, what do you need to do through me to receive the miracle you have for my life? Sometimes we need to be looking at our capacity, our look. You know, the disciples would have loved some fish. I don't know if they wanted a whole net full of fish, (laughs) but it was the miracle God had for them. And their net was ready for it. Church, there's something great in that. Personally, relationships. You know, maybe there's young people in the room that are looking for that partner. Are you ready for that? Maybe there's people in the room that have a business that they want to be successful in their business. Are you ready? Is your capacity ready for that? You know, there's an opportunity in your life that you, you keep praying about in time with God, saying, God, I need you. I need a miracle Is your capacity ready for the miracle God has for you? Highway Gilston, the next hundred people, is our capacity ready for it? Church, this is our word today. Are we ready for the hundreds of salvations going to come into our house? Are you ready, church, to disciple those people that come unbroken? This isn't to Pastor David and Claire. This is to all of us. If we want this room filled, is our capacity ready for what God has in store for us? God only gives us what we can handle. Church, this is for me today. I have miracles I want God to work in my life. But I pray, God, would you ready me for the miracle you have for me? Would you extend my capacity Would you make me ready for what you have for me? Guys, I see this building and I see the room and I would love to see every seat filled. Do you? I would love to see our children's ministry overflow. We need to put more demand mills in buildings. I want to see this car park have to string around here because we have so many cars we can't fit it. Church, are we ready for those dreams? We have to increase our capacity now for the future. I believe it. You know, these two mindsets I'm going to give you right now can help us increase our capacity as I come to a close. Number one is a connecting mindset. Connecting mindset. Surrender your own capacity for the collective capacity. You know, as human beings, we have a human tendency to go into independence. You know, sometimes we can be very self-focused. What's happened in my world? What, What are you doing through me, God? You see, a net could catch 153 fish, yet those seven disciples on the boat with a rod could only catch seven. 
but collectively. Collectively. Church, what we can do together is far more, exceedingly more than what we can do apart. Church, if we have a connected mindset, God can work miracles that we would never understand, could never fathom through us. By ourselves, we can cast a line and catch one or two fish with a net. Who knows what God can do? Highway Gilston, all of us could go out and yes, go, go preach to some people and have connection. Yes, I'm saying that's great. But together, imagine what God can do with us for our future. If together we connect and we come together with one mind, one vision, one spirit and cast our net. Church, we need a connecting mindset. Connecting mindset. Let me ask you this. If the three were in the fire in the furnace and they were on their own, would they have bowed? If they were going through the hardest moment of their life and they were in there by themselves, would have they bowed? You see, together, there's strength in unity. There's strength in that. I've got stories after stories. You know, I was even thinking before, we're talking, me and Kyle, wherever Kyle is over here, and we're talking about surfing. You know, when there's big waves, usually when you see people go and surf big waves, you go out with a group. Now, not just because you want people to look after to keep you safe. What you do is you fire each other up. When you surf in big surf, Matt, you know this, when you go to big surf, if you're paddling out by yourself, man, your heart is pounding. You're going, oh, should I be doing this? You know, am I going to get smashed here today? Am I going to drown? When you're by yourself, it's a lot harder to do the paddle. But when you have a group of people, man, you are, boah, yeah, get me out there. The waves that you would be scared of, you're going for it because that person's going to call you that you're scared to not go on that wave. Or there's times where, you, you guys know what I'm saying, where there's times where it actually pushes you to exceed what you would have done yourself. You know, same thing here today. If we have a connecting mindset, church, we can exceed our own capacity. We can exceed what we could do on our own. Number two, mindset. Carrying mindset. Everyone was born to contribute. Everyone has the ability to contribute. So many areas here at Gilston to contribute. You know, we're not asking people to serve Pastor Byron and Anne. We're not asking people to serve Pastor David and Claire. We're not asking people to serve Mark or serve the Vincents or, you know, whoever it is, right? We're here to serve God. We're not here to serve a person who's standing on the stage. We're here to serve the mission, the mandate God has on us as a church. You know, we must be aware of this. If we are the body of Christ, we must, must ask ourselves, you know, that thought, are we muscle or fat? Are we helping carry the body or is the body carrying us are you part of carrying the body church you know we're like a hospital here people can come in broken be patients but it's a bit different than a hospital patients can become doctors in this place you can come in hurt and broken you can come in with your life falling apart but in this house in this community you will see your life restored you will see yourself step into all God has for you if you are a part of a church community. In this place, you can be a patient when you walk through the door, but you can be a doctor helping others come and be doctors as well. In this house today, church, if you are new today, we welcome you, but I want you to know that you are in a place where you can come and you can be safe, but we're not just going to help you and then leave you on the bed to sit there in your pain. No, 
We're going to lead you. We're going to guide you. And we're going to help you with God to see you walk out your calling, your fullness, and what God has for your life. That is what the church is here for today. You know, if we all brought one person to this place, we would double in a week. Crazy to think. But is our capacity ready for it? You know, are we actively growing and increasing our collective capacities now for the miracle that God has for our future? You know, I love this thought. Think about this. What if the fish that does not get caught in the net was your family member, was your friend, was that person you've invited to church? Church, today, in this quick message that I'm giving you today, I hope that you feel like there's something here that will help you, that will encourage you to go, thank you, God. We thank you for what you've done in our church and in my life, but God, I'm ready for your future. God, would you expand my capacity? Would you lead me to a place of fullness so I can go out and help and guide and build? You know, we may not be the greatest fishermen. Jesus was a carpenter, yet he showed those fishermen up, didn't he? Wherever you are right now, know that wherever you are with Jesus through you, we can do all things. So church, would you stand with me? I'm going to pray for us. And I just thought this message today, leading into our fresh season, 26 years, Lord, we thank you for what you have done. But Lord, I'm ready for your big miracles. Are you ready, church, for the miracles God has for you? Do you have areas in your life where you are praying that you are standing in faith, that you need God to move in your life? You know, I stand here today and I see so many stories people that I've known for years and people I've only just met. But we all walk in with baggage, with hurt, with fullness. We walk in, some people have seen God move in incredible ways. Some people have lived incredible lives and some people are just starting now. But you know what? It does not matter where you find yourself today because I believe that there is a God who is here right now who always wants more for you, always wants more for His church. And He wants our capacity to be ready. You see, God doesn't hold back miracles. God wants to move in your life. He loves you. He wants to see you succeed. He is good as we just sang. But He works through us. So God, right now, church, if you feel comfortable, raise your hands. Lord God, right now in this place this morning, as we stand here, Lord, on the 18th of April, Lord, as we celebrate what you have done in our church, and Lord God, we honour you for what you have done through us. But Lord, today, I pray, Lord, for the miracles, for the dreams, Jesus, for the vision, Lord, for the mission you have placed upon our house. Lord, the dreams that you've placed upon us personally, Jesus. And Lord God, I pray that, Lord, you would increase today our capacity. Lord, you would stretch us to be ready for the miracles you have placed upon us, God. So, Lord God, I pray for the hurting to the broken. Lord, from the successful, Lord Jesus, to the people, Lord, who think they are nailing it, Lord God, wherever we are at. Lord, I pray, humble us right now as we stand and we surrender to you. 
Lord God, I pray you would lead our church, that you would lead our lives, Lord, you would connect us, Lord, that we would carry and be connected, Lord, that we would have unity, Jesus. And Lord God, I pray, Lord, as we step out today into your future, Jesus, that you have planned for us, Lord, that we would be ready for all you have. Lord, that we would have the capacity for all you have. Lord God, that we would have the mindset for all you have. Lord God, that we would have the faith for all you have for us. Lord God, that we would not stop, but Lord, we would obey. Lord God, that we would not turn and follow our own ways, but Lord, we would follow your ways, Jesus. So God, this morning I pray, teach us how to fish. Lord, that we would be ready for the miracle you have upon us. So Lord, right now, and I pray, anyone in this room, Lord, as we all eyes closed, every head bowed, Lord, I pray that is there anyone in this room that does not know who Jesus is, I don't want to give this moment too much time, but if there is anybody in this room that does not know Jesus, that doesn't know who He is, I want to give you an opportunity to meet Him, to come into relationship with Him. And no one else is looking around in this place, but if this is you, if you feel like Caleb, I want to know who this person is you're talking about. I want you to raise your hand right now. Raise it up nice and high. We've got team, safe people here who want to see you, who want to pray with you, who want to talk to you about Jesus. If that is you, if you want to meet Jesus today, I want you to raise your hand. Look across this room. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amazing. Thank you, Jesus. So God, I thank you for all you have for us. And we honour you today. We honour you so much, God. But Lord, I thank you that you have placed us all in this house today. We love you, God. We thank you, Jesus.